I can't be happy um, being the one successful person in my family while I see everyone else in my family struggle or not, you know, be able to progress. Like I'm not going to be the one mansion sitting around poverty. Like that's just not how our mindsets work is that, you know, I'll have a mansion while everyone else has a like a little uh, like they're all homeless or they're all like struggling. I'm not that person. He's not that person. So for us, um, we see giving advice as like the biggest contribution we can make because maybe we don't have all the money in the world to be able to invest in everything that everyone wants to do. We definitely understand there's some people who will take the advice and some people who won't. And we're always in the mindset of you can't take, you know, like we always say, have a saying like, don't come for my money if you're not willing to take my advice, because there's a lot of people who will come to you with their hands out looking for money or things like that. But um, not a lot of people want to take advice or want to really learn how to, you know, fish for themselves or do or really make a impactful um, progression in their lives. And so for us, it's all around like really just trying to give whatever knowledge we have, because we've both been through like a lot throughout our like lives of just trying to get to the point that we're at. And we both recognize that we probably could have been a lot further if we had a big support network and a lot of people really advising us who were doing other things. Um, and so like just making sure that we pay that forward and just know that, okay, we probably could have got here quicker, but we're going to do everything we can to really try to help whoever's willing to listen, like know what we know so that they can do it, you know, do more. So. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the UR Story podcast. Uh, this is the first episode I'm doing virtually. Uh, did have some technical difficulties, but we finally got this thing to go. Uh, if you're tuned in, if you've been listening to the last few episodes, I appreciate the support, your words of encouragement, your your kindness, and you know, helping me with getting this whole thing set up, helping me with you know coming up with things and all of that. So I appreciate all of that. Uh, I do have some special guests here for y'all today. Um, when I first started, came up with this idea to start this podcast, something that excited me the most about it was a, the ability and the, you know, just bringing family on because I've come from a great family. I come from a family that's always there to get, provide words of wisdom, providing advice and helping out and always there when, you know, they're pretty much a phone call away and have an open door policy. So I have two special family members here for y'all today, people that are dear to my heart, people that have helped me along the way, and you know, just always there to give me advice. I have my cousins Pino and Ebony. How are y'all doing? Hello. Doing good. We're good. Yeah, thanks, Black. Thanks for having us. That's a great introduction there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank y'all uh, for just gracing this platform with your presence and you know, just taking time out to have this have this conversation and you know here at the UR story podcast our goal is to have people come on and share their experiences share their stories and you know just help people by hearing by hearing your story it can help them with theirs that's why it's called UR story and it's just means that by impacting somebody else with your story that makes you a part of their it's it's a whole deep thing i'm not going to get into like the whole <laughs> no get deep with deep it <laughs> Yes, there's a whole meaning behind it. But again, thank y'all for being here. Um, 
you know, one thing I do on every episode, I like to remember when and how I met people. But with family, it's kind of like you can't really talk about when and how you met people because we're family. That's just we grew up together. But with y'all, you know, there's like our family is so big. There's kind of levels. And so there's like, you know, the cousins that are up there in age. And then there's like my generation. And then there's the younger generation as well. So uh, ours is kind of like on a different level. And when y'all were my age, I was, <laughs> okay, see, when I, what's up, what's up, man? <laughs> He's going with to macaroni and cheese mouth. Yeah, um, when I was, when y'all were my age, I was not, I was around maybe 10, 11. And so I was still a little pecan when y'all were my age. But now that I'm a little older, we've been able to kind of build our relationship a lot more. But I'm not here to talk about me and y'all as much. I'm here to talk about y'all. This is about y'all. So I'm interested. And I don't think y'all have told me the story, but how did y'all originally meet? How we met? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Pino always tries to retell the story and it's never fact. So if he tells you anything different than what I'm about to tell you, it's not true. Uh, <laughs> we met my freshman year of college um, through mutual friends. We yeah. both had a group of friends that we hung out with um, and we were always hanging out with them. I did like uh, Pino came towards the back half. I knew like those friends for a while. Um, and we used to always go hang out in their dorm room and Pino would be the guy who, you know, everyone would talk about, but no, like we would never see because he would be either running track or hanging out, I guess, doing whatever Pino does. <laughs> and then the one time when he finally did come, um, he was because Pino is just like a quiet by nature person anyway. And the one time that he like he did grace us with his presence, he was really quiet to himself, kind of, you know, walked in and went off to himself. Um, my girlfriends at that time that we were hanging out with, they had a relationship with him. Me and him did not speak to each other um, for a reason. <laughs> For interesting reasons, <laughs> I wasn't speaking to him because he came in quiet. So I was like, who does this guy think he is? Um, not knowing that it was because he's kind of shy and kind of to himself anyway. And so I just decided I wasn't going to speak to him. And then he, he in return decided he wasn't going to speak to me because I wasn't speaking to him. And he was like, who does this girl think she is? And so we played that game for a while of not speaking to each other, but speaking to everyone else who was around. Um, and then one day he had, he needed to get his hair done and that was kind of my chance and I volunteered to <laughs> braid his hair and there we go. <laughs> okay. So that's similar to how I tell it. He knows. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I usually say I walked into the room and I saw her and I was like, yo, I'm going to go talk to her, but it, it doesn't, it didn't happen that way. I did not have any game, so I didn't have any game to say. <laughs> um, but we did meet her freshman year. It was second semester. We met at Winston-Salem State University in 2007. And everything she said was accurate. Um, the only thing I would add to that is it wasn't that, it wasn't that I was trying to play games or trying to say that she was, you know, uh, just being stuck up. She's, you know, I, 
I knew everyone and it just took me a little bit. It takes me uh, some time to, to get comfortable with new people. So she was the only person in the room that I didn't know. So I was quiet around her because I was still trying to like observe and assess who she was. But she took it as, man, this guy is being stuck up. I didn't, <laughs> I, I just didn't know her enough to be comfortable to be like loud yeah. and talkative, you know. So that's 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 the reason why. Okay. Yeah, I I think I heard bits and pieces of that before, but I never heard like the whole the whole story. So Ebony, I, I actually had a a couple on here a few a few weeks ago or a few episodes ago, and they kind they they knew each other. Uh, I think they met each other earlier than college, um, and they met through a mutual friend as well or a mutual family member. And I asked Thomas that was, that was his name, Thomas. I asked him, you know, did you? He was friends with uh, the mutual friend, so. I asked him if he kind of made up reasons to hang out with him so that he could <laughs> hang out with his wife. So did you did you like make up reasons to hang out with I get y'all said y'all met through mutual friends, right? Yeah. So I guess this can be for both of y'all then. Did y'all kind of like you said y'all didn't really know each other, Pino? You said you didn't, Ebony was the only person you didn't know. Did y'all like make up reasons to hang out with the mutual friends, but there was like another deeper meaning behind that? <laughs> I don't think on my side, we just always, the friends that we were around, we were probably uh, around them at least every week. And so that was a pretty, like, I don't think I was trying to find ways to get around Pino. Uh, it's just whatever he was around, just like observing and trying to like really like, like figure out what was his deal overall. Um, I think that the excuse that I had was being able, like once he needed his hair braided and he went to Brittany and was looking to get his hair braided, I was just like, oh, well, you know, volunteer me because she didn't have time. And I think she like kind of uh, stood him up a few times when it came to braiding his hair. And I was like, oh, well, I could do it. And I feel like, you know, I had other <laughs> we probably weren't sweating each other too heavily because we had other things happening during that time anyway. Um, but then kind of took the opportunity when it presented itself to get around, um, to get around him. He had no clue that I had any interest at all. And even while I was, you know, braiding his hair and trying to start conversation, it took him being told by one of his friends who was observing the whole situation <laughs> that I even liked him. So he was completely oblivious that I even liked him. And I think that like, I don't think we were trying to find ways to be around each other. It was more like, uh, we knew of each other. Um, I don't know if he even like what his interest level was at that time, but I just kind of took the opportunity to get in front of him <laughs> whenever yeah. I had it. So for me, I know I wasn't trying to find any reason because I knew them before I knew her because yeah. we, came, we came in a year before Ebony came in. So we were already friends for, the, for our freshman year and we already hung out. In fact, we picked the dorms that we picked to be, you know, um, able to hang out with each other. So we were, we were about, on, we were on the same dorm. We picked the same floors because we were close. We were like, these were some of our uh, friends that we were really tight with. So it was not a thing where 
um, we were planning it because also those were pretty popular guys. So they, they had a lot of people going in and out of their rooms. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so when we, when we came one day and we just saw Ebony, it wasn't a thing. It's like, oh, you know, let me come and find ways to come around because I was not consistent. I was either traveling with the track team or I was doing something else. So there was no, there was no excuse. <laughs> He's gonna pop in and out. <laughs> What's up? You you remember me, Kezi? <laughs> He's bouncing around. He's got a ton of energy. <laughs> he does, and his shows are on. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I mean, I I mean, I admit I'm I'm guilty that I. I've definitely found made like made up reasons to hang out with people just to, you know, where there's a deeper meaning behind that. But yes, yeah, so y'all, y'all said you said y'all met in freshman year of college, right? No, her freshman year, my sophomore year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Ebony, how long were I guess when did y'all just for context, when y'all first encountered how long was the process until y'all were like oh, okay let's become a couple <laughs> the funny part is so um i think we like ran into each other it was spring of my freshman year but then we actually got up uh for the first time when i was doing his hair that was like the fall of my my freshman year so it was a long period of time before we even you know get around each other but then like after that day, after I braided his hair and I think after he was tough, like he understood that I was interested, <laughs> then um, he started finding reasons to invite me around or be like, oh, I need to stop by to do X, Y, and Z and things like that. So we started like interacting with each other more. And so that went on for a couple of weeks and then we started hanging out all the time. <laughs> and I feel like after we started hanging out, it was probably about a month before we made it official. And like he baked, we were basically like, okay, now we're dating. Um, and so it probably took about a month of us just getting around each other a lot till we actually decided that we were going to be dating. Okay. Pretty much true. So, the time frame was off. So we met we met in the in 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 the autumn in the fall of her freshman year. And then by February we started dating. In February, which was like a few months before spring. So we actually started dating in the winter because I remember I remember right when we started dating, Valentine had came up. And it was a big thing, like crap. I just started dating this girl. Do I give her a Valentine? Like, so I just kind of said, you know what? I'm not gonna overthink it. But we started dating like a week before, or a week, or either before or after Valentine's. And then by and then spring came in, and then by spring we were always hanging together. Okay, so. But I don't, one thing that's interesting, I just remembered, um, we weren't, we weren't, we weren't calling ourselves like a, a item or anything. It was all, it was, it was all friends who kept saying it. So, uh, 
So the same mutual friends we had would say, like, Pino, get your girl, man, <laughs> before she was my girl. <laughs> and it was yeah. awkward because when they say it, because I and then, and then I, I would look at her like, I don't, you know, like normally you correct them, you'd be like, man, no, that's not my girl. So they would yeah. say it, and, I, and I, I would look at her to see what she said. Like, what, what would she say? And she wasn't correcting it. Like, she didn't say, like, no, that's not my guy. She, she just, like, was quiet. So then after a while, I was like, why? I asked her, I was like, why don't you never correct them when they tell you this, <laughs> when they say this? And she was like, well, you know, I mean, I don't have a, she said something. And then I was like, well, are you my girl? <laughs> and she was like, I don't know. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we never had a romantic moment of being like, oh yeah, should we be official? Yeah, I, I guess it was just it was just natural, I guess. That and there's not I don't think there's anything wrong with that when it's just like natural like that, because it I guess it's it's better than kind of like faking it or you know feeling forced. So yeah, as long yeah. as it was natural. I mean, hey, look at look at where you're at now. So <laughs> Yeah, for us, but, uh, I feel like every day was very natural, low-key, not forced, uh, because, you know, no, there was, like, no drama at all when, like, it, throughout, like, that beginning, like, stage, it was just, we clicked, we really enjoyed each other, and then we just, like, went from there. There was probably, like, for us, it was pretty natural. I feel like uh, others might have got surprised at how quick. <laughs> how quickly we ended up just getting real like connected with each other um and it probably threw some people off of being like dog what happened to these people who one minute were like always hanging out and now they're kind of like together (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so i guess in that process you know when y'all were in school and everything was that something that y'all were kind of purposeful in doing so like did you were y'all searching for a partner or were you just kind of okay wherever college takes me that's where that's what i'll do (laughs) i'll say i was i don't think either one of us were like really looking at the time i even remember he always brings up the fact that when we first met i made a statement saying oh i'm not looking for anything serious right now So I don't think either one of us were like actually <laughs> looking at that moment. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, my plans wasn't even to look for like, like a, a girlfriend or anything. Uh, she gotta, gotta grab the, gotta grab Kezi. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's all good. He yeah yeah. So so <laughs> I'll just continue. She wasn't. I wasn't planning on you know looking for anybody. But I would say that I'm also not the person that would know if somebody was looking at me or looking. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't know because I'm just not. What's the word? Uh, I'm not. I'm not like observing or keen into catching clues yeah. and I don't I don't and I'm, I'm very direct you have to like tell me and so I was just doing my thing like just being who I was just into what I was into yeah. and I had female friends and 
I never even like, like even how we hooked up, like my mutual friends said, hey, get your girl. You know, everything they will always say, that's your girl. Oh, bring some food back for your girl. Don't forget your girl. I wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't, because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking. But when it happened, and then I started saying, oh, shoot, this is a, a stronger connection than, you know, connections that I have with my with my female friends. So then I would say, after I, be, I became aware of it, then I started intentionally looking for, like, phone calls from her, text messages <laughs> from her, or just times where I would see her in the yard. I would then start looking for like those those schedules, like okay, I know she get out out of this class. You know, uh, let let me let me just so happen make myself available at this time so that I can have time to communicate or interact. Yeah. As he said, he didn't put any game. No, <laughs> he just flowed into the relationship. <laughs> Sometimes the things just work out that way. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I the reason I asked that is because that kind of leads me to my next question. And I'll ask you first, Ebony, because me and I, I'm more, I guess, I've been a part of uh, this side of the family my whole life, obviously. So I kind of like know everything. But the reason I guess that leads me to my next question with you. When did you meet the family, uh, the Banks and the Bates? And was that important? Like, was that like a deal breaker for you? Like, was that a really big thing for you? The family culture, family atmosphere? Are you saying it can be a deal breaker? <laughs> I, I be, I, <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to speak on it. I'll say actually being uh, the family was probably the, I think I fell in love with the family which made me want to be more in a relationship and to look at how this could be more long-term um, because uh, I met um, his family probably that summer after we met. Um, we all, I went to stay with my mom. He was working in Charlotte with his family. And then I drove up one weekend. Um, and I don't know if I met them before then, but I knew I drove up one weekend and spent time with like his uncle's aunt's and I think being around the family actually was like a plus and it made me want to like think about long term because he did come from a big family. I come from a small family where we're a little disjointed. Um, I only deal with like my immediate family for the most part. And to see like how I guess big his family was, how kind of organized they were as far as like the activities and how they communicate and like whether it's like the Sunday family meetings or like any, all of those, like the family reunions and all those things, I didn't grow up with that. And so seeing like that family structure and like how they, like how um, kind of, you know, you guys love on each other and interact with each other and just seeing him, you know, being with his little, like younger cousins and just like the relationship he had with a lot of his younger cousins um, made me just fall, like really fall in love with him just because I could really picture like how it would be to like build a family with this person, um, and be a part of this family and just seeing how great he was with like his, his younger cousins and everything, like how that would be as far as like having kids with this person. Um, and so, yeah, I think the meeting with family was definitely a big plus for me personally. I probably would have left a long time ago. 
Just joking. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I said this at the beginning. I said we're family, but I didn't say exactly how. Me and me and uh me and Pino are cousins, and Ebony <laughs> is now my through a uh, marriage. Ebony is now my cousin. She's family as well. So just just for context, me and Pino, uh, and we're and Ebony now we're all cousins. We're all family now. But uh, I guess another question for you, Ebony, when you saw how our family got down, you know, with the cookouts, with the family reunions, uh, with the gatherings at grandma's house and everything, was that with you, you were saying it's kind of different from your family culture and everything. Was that kind of overwhelming at first? It wasn't. I feel that I kind of hop right in. <laughs> like, that's just my personality. I can be a little introverted, but for the most part, if I meet people and I feel comfortable, I engage pretty easily. Um, and so whenever I first met everyone, I don't think I was overwhelmed. I just hopped right in and started conversations, started, you know, interacting, building relationships. Um, and so for me, it was not overwhelming at all. And Pino made like how he brought me into the family was pretty relaxed as well. It wasn't like a big, like dramatic thing. It was just more like here, meet, you know, this person, meet this person. I engaged with a lot of the um, different like cousins who were around my age, um, been around you guys for the longest. So for me, it's been pretty natural and comfortable. Yeah, I, I was saying, I, I asked that because um, you know how the family, especially our aunts, I feel like when it comes to the nephews, when it's whenever someone mentions, oh, I'm talking to someone or this is my girlfriend or this is someone I'm, you know, looking to marry or things like that, they and it's obviously joking, but in a way it's still kind of like, oh, who's this? And like even with me, uh, especially Auntie Meme, she's just always like, oh. Any girl you meet, make sure they come through all of us first. <laughs> but I'm, I was just curious how that process was for, you know, for you. But uh, Pino, like, oh, sorry. I was going to say, I feel like it would be different if you were roast, like, because uh, somebody actually had made a comment saying they wouldn't bring anyone around unless they know that it's serious. And so I feel like with yeah. you guys, that's kind of one of yeah. the things where you don't bring someone around unless you're ready to like commit because basically the family is going to marry you guys. <laughs> like it's like that yeah. person is really <laughs> a part of the family. They're not going anywhere. So. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, a lot, most of the family, it doesn't know that I was, and y'all know, I told y'all uh, I was in a relationship this past summer. Y'all already know how that went, but uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I did want to, I, I see what you're saying. I did, um, you know, I think with the family just being so close and so family oriented, you know, whenever someone does come, it's like you're instantly a part of the family. And so that's part of the reason why I kind of kept it low key for a little bit because I wanted to, I wanted to be someone who, you know, I, I feel sure about because I know, I know how it gets, but, uh, you know, just asking you the same question, Pino, how important was family for you when you started that search? Or I guess when you, you know, got a lot closer to Ebony, how important was family to you in that process? Me and my family? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Ebony's family, yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know, we because we come from a large family, she told me already that her family wasn't as large. And when I when I was going into meeting her family, just being quiet and being sometimes shy, she gave me the expectations like this is how my family is. And when I when I first I think what what uh, I would say what eased me into the family was being her, her brothers first because I have a like a joking way of personality, you know, or a joking personality. So when I met her, her brothers and we, we joked around and we were we were, you know, just just they accepted me instantly off back. They just welcomed me. Um, that made it where I'm like, okay, if they are if they're around, then I have someone to, you know, feel comfortable around that I can I, I don't have to sit there quietly. But when they weren't around, I was quiet. I was just observing because her family is, even though they're not large, um, <laughs> large personalities. They have large personalities, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so their personalities kind of made it where I didn't know how, at first how they interact. So I would just be quiet and looking and just observing. And she would, and she used to take that as me not wanting to engage with her family. And she used to say, why are you so, why are you so quiet? You know, you gotta, you gotta speak up. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. You gotta participate. And I'm just not used to just that much energy, you know, cause we, we have a lot of uh, little cousins and then we have, you know, mid-aged, we have family in all ranges in our family. Um, but in her family, it's just like, it's the elders and then there are the, the her siblings. And so just giving them that respect because, you know, I still have that, you know, that African tradition where you respect your elders and you don't say certain things, you don't speak up or speak at them a, a certain way. So when they interact with me, you know, she, she, she probably took it one type of way, but I was trying to like give them respect while also trying to learn how to give them respect. Yeah. You know, like how they want to be communicated with and then trying to engage with them because of their personality and feeling overwhelmed. <laughs> you know. My family is very loud and we speaks very loud. Uh, they speak very loud, very <laughs> aggressive in their tone, very like straight shooting with how they talk. Um, and also I noticed that uh, Pino some of the things that I might say to like my mom or like my grandma in a joking manner, uh, he's not used to hearing like, <laughs> I guess people talk to like they're even like with my brothers, how comfortable we are with some of the conversations we have and things we say to each other. I don't think he's used to like those type of levels of conversations with like <laughs> elders or like siblings. And so we we can we might say some things to each like that he just wasn't used to. <laughs> like, so for him trying to learn how to insert himself conversationally, um, like definitely when you have all these like very like loud speaking, aggressive tone people around, um, was was difficult for him, but I don't know if like that scared him away from the relationship. <laughs> Did my family scare you? Almost scare you? Terrified. <laughs> no, I was. I was. I mean, I was a bit scared in the beginning, but 
the funny thing is her family is a lot like our family where the women we have a matriarch structure in our family the women pretty much run the family and her family is the exact same way where the women pretty much run the family and so the men are just more like chill quiet relaxed and allowing the women just to run run the show um so i I was kind of used to it from our family structure but it just just getting used to the personality and once i did it became like natural yeah that's what that's what's up and i think i think that's cool when you when you kind of when you're with somebody and then you meet their family and that's kind of like a whole other side of them in a way so like you can learn so much more about them from their family too and just seeing how you interact differently between the families and how that process grows and everything like that so yeah i think that i think that's cool that's definitely awesome how like y'all are both now at a place where y'all are comfortable with each other's families uh i even coming to grandma's i there was one time we were at grandma's and you know ebony and kezi came and you know you weren't there but just that comfortability to just be in the presence of each other's families without the other person there so that that's dope that's what's up um but one of the reasons why i was excited to bring y'all both on was because we've kind of this past year or the past few months we've hung out a lot more than in recent memory mainly because you know we were in different states at the time so that was obviously hard but now that you know we're closer again we've hung out a lot more over the past few months and something i noticed about y'all is that y'all love to spend like quality time you know not only with each other but with your son with family and everything like that and that's actually the name of this episode i forgot to say the name of this episode the name of this episode is quality time and <laughs> even on even on you know social media you know i see that y'all are always spending time y'all kind of make it a point to you know hang out with each other hang out with uh okezi uh your son and all of that so i'm curious you know what how important is like that quality time not only with each other but just with family and with your child how important is that to y'all and what does that look like is it something that is intentional that y'all talk about or is it just kind of natural like something pops up on pino's phone and he's like oh okay okay would like this or oh there's a a food truck event ebony let's go how is it like purposeful or is it kind of just like in the moment type i i would say it's definitely very purposeful a lot of like I, I feel like I'm the planner of the household. So I'm always the person who's <laughs> finding all these random things for us to go to. And while we were in Chicago, I really enjoyed that they make it so easy to like just find things because there's always something happening. And like a lot of times you will be able to just walk out of your apartment and walk down the street and there's a festival or something. And so I really, I'm, I enjoy getting out and about and trying different things. Pino is a little bit more of a homebody. He enjoys quality time. Amen. <laughs> He's more of a sense of he enjoys quality time. He wants to like build his environment at home so that we could like stay in the home. <laughs> and, like he he loves being around us like as a family. And 
he always gets joked on because he would prefer to be home with you know, his kid and his wife rather than like out at a bar or club. So he's definitely more of a homebody spending time with us. Um, And I definitely enjoy like, you know, being with, because like I said, we started off like most like with us just being very like natural and comfortable with each other. We like, we have a friendship as kind of our base of our relationship. So we actually enjoy being around each other and spending time with each other um, because we are like each other's best friends or BFFs for life. Um, and so we enjoy being around each other. So anytime there's something going on, I think most of the time we're trying to figure out like how to do those things together. Um, and then other times we have to create some balance around, okay, it's not just us in the world. We definitely have to engage and build, you know, and continue to like interact when it comes to, you know, that, you know, all of our family, all of our friends. Um, and so balancing, you know, time with each other, um, trying to make time for date nights, which is probably more difficult because a lot of times it's like, what can we do as a family unit, including Okezi? Um, definitely, you know, when your children are younger, finding childcare can be a little difficult. So I think a lot of times we go about things as what type of activities can we do together as a family? Um, but then trying to also remember that, okay, we need to fit in date nights or time with each other into that. So um, working to coordinate that more, but then also when it comes to family and friends, trying to actively think about, okay, maybe on Sundays we make that like, oh, let's go visit, you know, our grandparents or maybe on this weekend or like planning ahead on when we can get out and visit and um, coordinate things or when we're doing an event like okay maybe this is something that you know this person might enjoy doing and then actively reaching out and trying to like bring people you know around because we just want Okezi to grow up with having like that basis of like community and family so we're always looking at like oh let's invite so-and-so when this is going or let's bring like cousins or family members around versus like you know trying to always be like okay it's just us in our little like family here and we're going to do things together but actively trying to see like how we can bring other people in and you know that takes planning that takes actually like thinking ahead of time about certain things and um just you know keeping people in the back of your mind around like okay what type of things do certain people like to do so that whenever things come up you can like just reach out to them and want to invite them I think that was a long I don't know how clear that was (laughs) That was good. <laughs> you, he's like, I don't have anything to add. Oh, um, <laughs> I think she said, I think Ebony said it well, but I think for me, the balance between work, work and outside of work, that work-life balance is important. So I spent half my day or half my week with someone else's doing something, something or someone else that benefits their purpose. And I'm more into like the meaning of life and how we how we spend our life. And I always have like models and phrases. And so I try to find ways to create memories and we're always, you know, moving, right? So in a 24 hour period, if we sleep, you know, let's say if you're lucky, you can sleep six to eight hours, right? And then you're working for another eight hours, you're commuting for an hour between that. So when you look at all of that, right? Yes, that's, that's, 
not a lot of time to actually spend with the people that you have. You know what I mean? Just, just in general, you've already, if you sleep eight hours and you work eight hours, you've already spent 16. And if you commute to work like I do, you've already, that's, that's another hour. So now, yeah. now you've spent 17 hours in your day and you have a 24 hour period. And you, that, that gives you what, seven hours left. Out of those seven hours, you probably have certain other things to go on, like house chores. And you have to, when you, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things on a daily basis, you probably have about four hours of actual quality time. That's not a lot of time to enjoy each other. And so I, I think about stuff like that all the time. <coughs> Keeping my son on a schedule, you know, on like a schedule, while also spending time with my wife. Um, it's just that's why I I rather just stay home because then I can cut out the commute of trying to figure out what where to go and build my house up to where we can have a lot of things to do here. And on the weekends, maybe we can go out and find an activities. But Ebony does a does the planning for that. Yeah, I'm normally looking for what's happening in the area or we um, invite friends over for like dinners, definitely friends who have kids. So Kezi can play, you know, with different his friends while we entertain with like our friends. Um, we do we do make an effort to like turn off the TV like towards the end of the night whenever it's time for Kezi to start winding down so that we can like actually you know engage as far as like reading a book to him or different things like that um and then like trying to find little moments whenever Okezi's napping like when, once he goes to sleep to just be like okay let's just watch a movie and like get some snacks and just sit back together and have some time together um so whenever there's like just a lot going on you just try to find like those small moments you can to just spend time with each other yeah and I you know, me and some of my friends, we talk about it all the time, how, you know, time is something that you can't get back. So, you know, you definitely got to be using it wisely and, you know, spending that quality time with, you know, family and, you know, just like Pino was saying, creating moments and uh, just all of that. But yeah, I, I, I definitely, that that's something I definitely did notice about y'all, just the quality time and all of that. And just like Pino, I'm a homebody myself. <laughs> I, um, and that that's kind of how I've always been to uh, the family. We we usually just kind of we we didn't really go out much. So we just spent time at home and my brothers are always there, my sister, my parents. And so we enjoy spending time with one another. And even when we go out, uh, something I've always kind of prided my family on is our ability to have fun, even if we're doing something as simple as just driving in the car. You know, yeah. you know how my my dad is. He's a cra he's crazy. So there's <laughs> always something going on with that. Uh, my yeah. brothers, um, sometimes my dad will put an old school like hip hop song on and start rapping, singing LL Cool J <laughs> and all of that. So <laughs> it is it is always a good time. So I'm I'm like Pino in that sense, but yeah. I feel like I, it's about I, finding people like really that you can, like like you said, like small moments, right? That you can enjoy each other's company by doing like the smallest thing, whether it's running 
like to the grocery store together, like just finding people that it doesn't have to be an elaborate thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, Something I wanted to tell Pino or whenever he comes back, but I guess, oh, there he is. So So, uh, talking about how we've, you know, been able to hang out a lot more over the past few months, something that me and you did a while ago, Pino, was go to the a concert and, you know, the drive there and on the way back, we were talking and, you know, you were giving me advice and, you know, just looking out for me, you know, asking how I was doing and just, just trying to seek to help in any way that you can. And that's another thing I noticed about y'all is that y'all are always willing to give advice and help out us, anybody you can, but specifically just the younger cousins, you know, people that, you know, y'all, like I was saying earlier, you know, you've already been here, done that, you know, and (laughs) I'm in the process of trying to go somewhere and trying to do that. So just, you know, y'all giving advice, I'm curious, you know, I guess how important is it to y'all to, I guess, share advice and share wisdom and you know share the game with your with younger cousins and family or anybody that you encounter yeah it's it's funny that he says he's trying to be there done that do you know how much you have done sir in your (laughs) (laughs) i think you know i'm very proud of where you're at and where you what you've done from what i've learned about you i'm proud of all my uh, cousins the biggest thing is we took advice from our aunties and our uncles, you know, all of our aunts and uncles, they've been there and done that. And we still take advice from them today as adults when it comes to parenting, when it comes to, you know, buying a home, when it comes to looking at certain things to either grow ourselves personally, spiritually, or financially, we, we take advice still. Um, mm-hmm. It's just recognizing where you're trying to be. You know, like when I told you about how we create these goals and then you have to look at who's done this in the family because that's a free resource. And so when I give you, when I, when I give you or any of my cousins advice, it's not because I just like to hear myself talk, right? It's because I want to see you get there quicker than it took me to get there. And I think one of the things I remember on the drive, I was telling you about how long it take it took me to get to like different to different milestones. And yeah, I, was, I remember that. And, and I was saying to myself, you know how easy it would be if if you came and said, "This is what I want to do." And if I don't know the answer, I can point you to someone else in the family that knows it, that will help you get there and cut out the years or the, uh, or the time that it takes because we can give you the knowledge of just getting to there. Because the goal is not for me to be, you know, the, the, the wealthiest person in the family or have whatever the abundance is, right? The goal is for the family in general to progress as quickly as possible so that the generations coming afterwards will have it easier, you know, than our ancestors who couldn't even do certain things because of 
restrictions or you know conditions that they were in and so they fought to get us here but we don't remember that sometimes and we don't think about the generation that's coming afterwards because we're focused on our individual wants and so we also have to start thinking ahead and saying what can we do now so that our our uh, descendants 100 years from now they don't have to have this type of struggle or they don't have to have this type of challenges that we can overcome these. So they'll face with new challenges. Um, so that's the goal, you know, it all circles back to just progressing the next generation so that they're spending less time dealing with the challenges and they're, they're rapidly advancing. And then you guys can figure out the next challenge to pass on to the generation once you come across to it or come across it. I, I think like that's every like that's definitely what it's about because for us personally it's not us competing with anyone. Like we want to see the family, the culture, the, like everything like progress. That's our biggest thing is like how do we like our family mission is all around like community and how do we help the future generations and our community progress forward? How do we keep the culture strong? How do we um, just knowing the adversities that us as, you know, a black community have faced, how do we help to kind of um, get past those or get over those humps so that we can really start building the way that we should be building um, and we recognize that, you know, the biggest challenge is division and like everyone kind of being in an individualistic mindset of like, I'm going after mine and I'm not really worried about how successful everyone else is. And I think for us, we see that, you know, there's no like I can't be happy um, being the one successful person in my family while I see everyone else in my family struggle or not, you know, be able to progress. Like I'm not going to be the one mansion sitting around poverty. Like that's just not how our mindsets work is that, you know, I'll have a mansion while everyone else has a like a uh, little uh, like they're all homeless or they're all like struggling. I'm not that person. He's not that person. So for us, um, we said giving advice as like the biggest contribution we can make because maybe we don't have all the money in the world to be able to invest in everything that everyone wants to do. We definitely understand there's some people who will take the advice and some people who won't. And we're always in the mindset of you can't take, you know, like we always say, have a saying like, don't come for my money if you're not willing to take my advice because there's a lot of people who will come to you with their hands out looking for money or things like that. But um, not a lot of people want to take advice or want to really learn how to, you know, fish for themselves or do or really make a impactful um, progression in their lives. And so for us, it's all around like really just trying to give whatever knowledge we have, because we've both been through like a lot throughout our like lives of just trying to get to the point that we're at. And we both recognize that we probably could have been a lot further if we had a big support network and a lot of people really advising us who were doing other things. Um, and so like just making sure that we pay that forward and just know that, okay, we probably could have got here quicker, but we're going to do everything we can to really try to help whoever's willing to listen, like know what we know so that they can do it, you know, do more. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, I don't think 
it's it's about getting him quicker. I think it's about the, the mind frame of of being able to absorb the advice and, and actually apply the advice because we've been getting advice our entire life from, from people who been in the family, from community members, right? But there was a point in my in my life where I was too young to understand why it was important to do those things that they were advising me on. And I was arrogant to think that I can figure it out myself and do it my way because their way required me to make sacrifice that I wasn't uh, willing to do. Like I wasn't willing to give up certain things to follow that path. Um, but the older I got, the more I started being able to understand. Then I started take. Then I started like applying the advice that I was getting. So that's that's the difference. Like when you become older, I think they said knowledge is 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 what you or knowledge is what you remember after you learn, right? So yeah. you can learn a lot of things and you can do a lot of things, but wisdom is knowing the is having the knowledge to apply what you learn. And so we wasn't applying any of those advice until we got older. And then we started saying, okay, let me let me do this this way because this person done it. And that's what we're trying to pass off to our younger cousins or even just people who they're not necessarily younger, but they're not knowledgeable of what we're knowledgeable of. We, we share our knowledge. And then people who are knowledgeable in things that we're not knowledgeable in, we go to them for that advice so that we can learn from them, you know? I think it's interesting because even with some of the, the different ventures that we're going into, um, I find that a lot of people, when they ask you something and you actually give them advice or actually like share what you've learned, a lot of people seem surprised. And I'm guessing it's because there are so many people out there who aren't willing to share like how they get, like to really share like the uh, tea as far as like, this is how I got here or this is how I'm seeing success or here's what you do. Um, and so I do find that just from like the different things that I do when people reach out, whether that be through Instagram or, or just someone having a conversation and say, oh, you did this, like, how did that work? Or, you know, how does this, how can I get into this or whatever? When I'm actively like telling them I feel a lot of people get kind of like thrown aback because they're not used to people being so open with sharing knowledge <laughs> around things. Um, pe some people kind of want you to show and prove like, oh, how serious are you? You have to go through hoops or whatever to get the information out of them. And I'm just like kind of an open like book as far as like, no, I, like I feel like there's enough space. So let's share. And like there's things that, you know, that I probably could learn from. And I'm always willing to share the things that I know. Um, cause I don't really think that like about hiding, you know, my successes or hiding, like how I get from point A to point B, that's just not my nature. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I actually, what all of y'all, what y'all just said, I think that's a testament to who y'all are. I actually did an episode. Uh, it was it, at the time of recording this, it hasn't come out yet, but I did an episode with Josh and the episode was called winning at life. And I asked him what he thinks winning at life means and exactly what y'all were saying, you know, with just 
sharing with sharing that advice, sharing that knowledge that y'all have learned and sharing it with, you know, family or anybody else who would need it. You know, it it's a reminder that it's not just about just about us. And so when I asked Josh, what does winning at life mean to him? The first thing he said was instantly just talking about how winning at life is not just about him, but it's about helping those who are around him win as well. And it it wouldn't, it's not like like you were saying, Ebony, it it's not I how do I say it? I guess it's not ideal for you to be elevated in a higher position and you're not willing to help out or I guess share or give advice or wisdom to you know family who may not be in that same position or others who may need a helping hand so I think that's a testament to y'all and what y'all have done and to your point Pino um, that actually reminds me of that car ride to the concert and back you know and us talking and everything one thing that you said to me, you were saying like, you know, all of the advice and the wisdom you've gotten from family and from, you know, people that have been there, done that in your life, you were saying, you know, your number one goal is to be the best husband and be the best father that you can be. And, you know, you were saying that as you've grown and as you've gotten older, as you've gone through life a lot more, you know, you've kind of figured out and found yourself more. So I'm curious, um, that purpose, that goal that you have now of being the best husband and father you can be, is that something that happened, you know, when you became a husband and when you became a father, or is it something that you kind of had in your mind before it happened, if that makes sense? I get, Yeah, it makes sense. I think it, it was a goal that I had before, right? And because I kind of knew a long time ago from the environment that I grew up in, um, what became, what, uh, it became clear what was important to me. And so in my mind, I wanted to be, this is the thing, and I don't say this with any slight or anything, but take for example, um, if you come from a single parent household, then your goal would be to not married that, right? You you would want to, in your family, you would want to maintain a good family structure so your kids come from a, you know, uh, 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 what, what was it, a two-parent household, right? So it's about breaking the, the norm or the stigma or whatever it is. And so my goal was always to to change the, the dynamics of the environment that I grew up in. So that meant for me, spending more time with, with my family. That's why time is important. That meant for me, making sure that we have a family structure that consists of two um, parent household, two incomes, two um, parenting style. So that's why it was important to me before I, I had my family, before I got married, before all of this. And then I look for examples in the family that I saw that I, at the, uh, you know, that I said, okay, this is what works, and this is what I want to imitate. I saw my my aunts and uncle, and I looked at how they ran their households, and they said, okay, I can I can learn this from them, I can learn this from this from this group, but it's important to 
take everything that I have and then take everything that I don't want and understand that and then apply it to what I what I need when I have a wife and a family. So that's where I'm at now. Yeah, that's what's up. And, you know, I can definitely see that you're doing you're well. I wouldn't even say you're well on your way. You're already doing that. You're already living that out. So that that's dope, man. And you are both of y'all are, you know, <laughs> both of y'all are an inspiration. Um, but uh, before before we wrap up, you already know I had to got to talk about the young man, got to talk about the young the young Pekin. Y'all may have seen uh, him. if you are if you are watching, y'all may have seen him uh, pass by the screen. If you're listening, you may have heard him. Our man Okezi. Uh, so, I y'all have been like you were saying, y'all been y'all met in like '07, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's been a long process. And I know that you know it was it was a process. Uh, Ebony, I know you were in school for a while, and you had all of that going, and then with all of the traveling and things like that. So it was a long process, definitely worth it. And now y'all have Okezi in your lives. So how has Okezi kind of come in your lives and impacted it? How has it impacted y'all individually and impacted y'all as a, a couple? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Having a kid turns everything inside and out it really tests tests your like relationship your body like your values all those things are tested when you have a child um which is why i feel that you know i don't even know how to explain it um we had like once we got married i feel like you know that was a big pivotal thing because we had dated for like almost like 10 years or something before we even got married. Um, and like you get, you think that, oh, once you get, you've been dating that long, getting married won't be that big of a difference, but it definitely is because it's like at that point, once you get married, you realize like, no, we're actually building a future together. We're like in this commitment that is, you know, past, like we're not living our individual lives where we just so happen to like be together. We're living like one life at this point. And all the choices we make are going to affect each other long term. And so how do we start planning for our future together? And so I feel like definitely getting married changed the dynamic. But then once you have a child, that's a whole nother like level of like coming together, because now it's not just like, OK, how do we build our future together? But now you have a person who shares both of your genes who are looking to both of you to kind of guide them. And so I feel like it, at that point, like you go from contractual family to now like your actual family, like you have like a blood bond at that point within like a child who is like tying you together on both sides. And I feel like um, the way my family interacted with him, like after Okezi, probably like changed a lot as well because it goes from like oh you're just you're, you're like just the boyfriend or you're now just the husband to like oh no now like you are our family like this is like yeah. a child that you brought this bringing both side of the families together so I definitely feel that there's like a level of commitment and a family that you know that child create like Okezi's for us created um but then also like how we interact with each other um, I think changed a lot um, because whenever it's just the two of you, 
you know, slight, like sly comments or like little things you might do. Um, you don't think much about it because you're the only two people who are around to observe it. But when you have someone else who's like looking to you on how to love, how to interact with each other, um, like, and you know that what you do is going to affect them greatly and how they, you know, might see future relationships, how they might look for a wife or like how they might, you know, treat a woman or whatever, um, or like whole relationships. Like when you realize the impact that like the parents have on how their children interact with the world, I think it makes you take a look at your relationship at another level to be like, to think to yourself, like, how are we speaking to each other? How are we engaging with each other? Like how, like something as simple as when was the last time our son saw us hug or kiss or like just laugh with each other? Like those type of things are important. And I think it just makes you take um, notice of it more when you know that there's like a someone else who's like in observation of that and looking at those interactions as like their kind of baseline of how they're, they will hold relationships in the future, if that makes sense. Yeah. What about, uh, what about you, Pino? Um, um, a lot of what she said, and also it goes for me is balance. Everything's about balance. So work-life balance, family balance. Um, we talk about, well, she talked about how everything we, we do around home, we have to take in consideration of what we eat so that he's learning how to, you know, he's learning proper nutrition, what we watch on TV because everything he learns he imitates so we try to we change our entire you know viewing of television the amount of time we spend watching tv things like that we the words we use around him to reinforce positive uh you know behavior and things i'm i'm more of a you know explanation type type uh discipline disciplinary um i don't go into straight just you know when he does something to you know, timeout or whatever the case is, I go into, I, I usually get on it. Uh, I take one knee and then I want to know why. And then I ask some questions. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I realize there is a, a, a certain type of way you can communicate with your family and with, with, with your child. He's two years old. He's only been on the planet for two years. He's not going to understand everything that I understand, but my goal is to help him learn those things. And so I have to always check that and always have to, you know, figure out how much does he understand something before I can go into <coughs> trying to like teach him how to understand certain things, right? Like mm. even the words I use with him to communicate with him at his level, then I would say as an individual that's changed me because I felt like I've been patient, but now I'm extremely patient. Um, I think that I also look to balance her out. So if she's busy with whatever she's busy doing, there's no role specific. There's no gender specific role in our house. There are times where I need to step up and fix dinner and I need to give him a bath and do all those things. And there are times where she needs to do it. And I think that having him has made it where we've, we've gotten rid of certain traits and he can come to both of us for certain things and then and then we have a saying now we like what we say you know am i am i a, a what, what is it am i a, 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 a 
a conductive or a member of this household. So <laughs> if she wakes up or if, if I see something, I'm not going to wait for her to do it. If the dishes are dirty, I can't be like, well, I went to work. So she has to wash the dishes. If I see the dishes are dirty, I'm going to do it. It, it. it all depends on our level of energy that we have. If I know that she's tired, she's sick right now, I can't uh, leave everything to her. I have to step up if I'm feeling better. So yeah. it's about being a, a, a positive contributing member of your household and then teaching him how to be a positive contributing member of, of your household. Let him teach him that it's okay to pick up after yourself. But if you need help, it's okay to ask for help. <laughs> you know? And so just mm-hmm. those, those type of things. And on a funny note, you can't be mad at each other as long as you might have used to be mad at each other. There's been time, like, you know, you're, um, there's in the, whenever you're in the dating phase or it's just you guys, <laughs> you can get mad and maybe ignore each other for like an extended period of time. When there's yeah. a kid and both of you guys are responsible for the kid, <laughs> it's like, I'm mad at you, but we're going to have to work this out because we don't got time. Uh-huh to be angry at each other and not talking to each other because there's somebody who we have to work and like get in order and so I feel like we've like just from having Okezi it's made us have to like work out things a lot quicker and like to go ahead and come like we don't have time to sit around and be sitting on whatever like okay let's sit down let's work it out what's happening let's communicate okay now let's get back on (laughs) like raising this child and if he if we're mad at each other, he knows he'll bring us together. <laughs> he, he'll, he'll do that. He'll he'll yeah. grab me and grab her, and he'll sit on on her lap and or disengage. <laughs> and they're watching TV. He'll just go and grab me from wherever I am, bring me to the couch, and sit me down like. And then now I'm like, I'm like, well, I can't be mad at you because we have we can't show that energy around him so that. He, he picks it up you know yeah and I, I think sometimes we forget how smart kids actually are so that that's definitely an example of how he's aware of that fact and how he brings y'all brings y'all together uh and i i think that shows that a lot of times we learn more about ourselves from our our like y'all would know more than me because i don't have a kid but uh <laughs> You know, I think that shows that shows the fact that, you know, a lot of people say my child taught me, you know, more than I taught them. And I think I think that is kind of a a way of that, because I think that's true, because when you are in that position where you have somebody that, you know, literally depends on you for at, at least in that stage of their life for almost everything, you know, it, it kind of teaches you, I, I, I say, I, I don't have kids, but my brothers, for example, you know, I learned so much from my brothers because they kind of forced me to learn how to be a big brother. Cause before they were born, I wasn't a big brother. So I knew nothing about that. So once they were born, you know, I had to learn how to be a big brother. I had to learn how to, you know, sh- give them advice. I had to learn them, you know, Michael, Michael's, you know, not talk. Michael's more laid back. Michael's a very like logical person. So I have to, when I'm telling him something, kind of like what you were saying, Pino, that why, you know, I can't just 
get mad at him. I have to let him know why, because Michael's a logical person. He thinks Daniel's a little more sensitive. So you got to be like, you got to be, you know, a little sympathetic. But Nathaniel, Nathaniel's the rough one. So we just tell him how it is. But yeah, just, just, <laughs> just being able to learn them, you know, it's taught me a lot. And so I guess for y'all, would y'all say that um, Okezi has taught y'all like a ton while he's been here in his two years on, on earth? He, he has, he's, he's mostly around patience um, because Okezi is very high energy, uh, very spirited. <laughs> and I know he's going to test me a lot uh, throughout the years in a good way. Um, but me definitely has taught me around like patience and just realizing that you definitely can't control a lot um, when it comes to like life in general. I feel like that's probably the biggest lesson I'm going to get out of like having Okezi. It's just the fact that, you know, I thought that, you know, I could control a lot of factors in my life. I thought I could create the schedules, the to-do list, um, do the research and execute. And I was all about you know, steps. That's, that's how my, I kind of function is through steps of progression and to-do list. And so like, yeah, having Okezi has taught me there's a lot that you can't control. Like right now I've been sick all week. <laughs> like that wasn't in my plans to like wake up. And I had a list of things I was going to accomplish this week. And this is what my week looked like. This is what my schedule is going to be. And, you know, having a kid just throw it out the window, you don't know what's going to happen week to week. And so learning just to be patient, learning to go with the flow and be more flexible and just that I don't have control over my day to day. I only can control kind of how I like go about those like different challenges. And I think that's probably one of my biggest lessons right now. Yeah, I would say that because he's taught me better time management you know, trying to keep him consistent with his day, daily routines um, and then finding time in between that to, or finding time in between that to spend time with him and to have family activities. So it's all about like time management and deprioritizing things that aren't as important or things that I can do on my own. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all about just quality time, like you said. Yeah. And I know uh, Ebony's not in the room at the moment, but I'm going to leave y'all. This is the last question I'm going to ask y'all. I'm going to leave y'all on this question. It may be a messy question. Oh. It may be messy, but it y'all can blame me. All right. So if I put you and Ebony on opposite sides of a room and I bring a Kezi in, who is he running to? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. It just depends on how he feels that day, right? Yeah. If 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 Okezi wants, if he's hungry, if he's feeling a little sick, he goes to any. Well, he goes to any of us. Um. So it really is random because we don't play a role. We don't have a gender specific role where we're like, yeah. you're the one who does this, I'm the one who does that. But I would say this, 
I play with him probably more. So if he walks into a room and we're in an environment where there's toys around and there's things to play with, then he'll come to me because I'm I'm more of a play, you know, I play with him more. But if it's more of a serious setting where he knows he has to like sit still and and he might have to be on his best behavior, then he might go to his mother because she's more of like, you know, um, an organizer, like everything is in place. So your mannerism, everything has to be in place. So he might go to her to show her that he's, he's like doing that. Yeah. So the question was, if, if, if Okezi came into a room, the wrong opposite end of that room, who is he going to go to first? Oh, I have no clue. It depends on his personality <laughs> during that day. Because I don't know. I don't think there would be, I could say, because depending on his mood and how he feels about us in any given day, he might go to either one. Like Pino said, he's very playful. So if he's looking to play, he might go to Pino, but I'm probably more considered the nurturer and the one who, like, even though we don't have gender roles, there's obviously a person in this room who cooks better than the other one. So <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> so if he's hungry or he needs like, just like love or anything, he'll probably come to me. But if he's looking for playtime, he'll probably go to Pino. Okay. I what I what I think he would do. I think he would run in and go grab both of y'all and bring y'all both to the middle, and y'all have like a group hug. That <laughs> <laughs> he's he's actually done that a lot. He really likes definitely when we're walking or anything. Like if he's in between both of us and we're just holding his hands, like he's all about like both of us, even at nighttime because he still is like getting in the bed with us. He'll. Uh, if there's just one of us sleeping in there, he actually he's asking for the other one because he wants both of us <laughs> at all times. So it's definitely like I think he's about both. Maybe that's why I can't think of who he'd go to, because it's just for us, for him, I feel like it's he wants both of us at all times. So. And that's why yeah. it's important to have a two parent household <laughs> if possible, because that those things do affect the confidence that you know you have growing up as a as a child it alleviates like certain burdens like finances uh you know just work and everything else when you have that balance because he has two people to rely on versus one and it, it makes yeah. it like, the other person don't carry the full weight you know and it, it but, I have a lot of respect for people who do it so yeah. because it's yeah, tiring think, and there's two of I, us. I think that's what made me appreciate like single parents because man, if I would if I had to do this as a single parent, it would be the most challenging thing, you know. And then parents, um, people with multiple kids that are single parents, I've gained so much more respect for them. Even like some of the charity, like every year we try to pick a picture like an organization to donate to um we think about stuff like you know organizations that help out single mothers and things like that or just any way because and when you learn something in life and you uh, and, and you can apply it and you understand it it changes your dynamic you can never be the same person you know and so the appreciation we have for like our parents 
being single parents. And even though we had help from family members, we still come with a, we, we're still like, do you, can you believe our parents try to do this by themselves? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just a, a, a importance there. But man, this this interview was was eye-opening. It was awakening. Man, I'm proud of you. I can't say that enough. Just starting your own platform. I I, I know it's gonna go somewhere. And if not, we'll pray on it. Um keep doing what you're doing. Keep keep coming to us anytime you need anything. But now that you're in the, the position to give us advice, feel free to do that. Um man, lead, lead by example. You know, you got your, your younger brothers, you got your younger cousins. You got your cousins around your age, your peers, lead by example. Um, just, just keep this, this dialogue going so that we can have this you know, future to look back on. So when next year or a year or two, you're at another platform, you're at, you're at a higher level. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you know we were we were the first uh, virtual podcast that, that, that was on on, yeah. on you know on your show and so it's a good thing man it's a blessing hey man i can't say that enough man i love you fam yeah i and i i appreciate y'all you know i speak on behalf of you know all of the family and everybody that y'all encountered you know thank y'all for always being there thank y'all for constant words of wisdom thank y'all for the advice thank y'all for you know just the care that y'all have and you know you y'all are like really the backbone of this whole thing you know yeah i just hearing y'all and the support that y'all given me and everybody else has given me that's really what has helped propel me to do this and you know gives me the motivation to keep on doing it so again thank y'all for for being on here thank y'all for i I like to say this thank y'all for gracing this platform with your presence (laughs) with your voices um you know, I know that somebody's going to hear this and, and it's going to help them. Um, and that's that's the whole goal, you know, just affirming the fact that you are the story. And so, again, thank you all for being here. Uh, if you're listening, thank you for tuning in. Um, all of the information as far as social media, the streaming platforms to listen on, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Make sure to tune in on there. It's the letter U, the letter R, then space and story. And then uh, we're on YouTube as well at the same name, the letter U, the letter R space story. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, preferably five stars. That'll help out. But whatever you want to do, go ahead and do it. And uh, make sure to follow on Instagram as well. That's the letter U, the letter R story, and then podcasts on Instagram. So tune in. Uh, Once again, Pino and Ebony, thank you all for being on here. Um, And I definitely want to bring you all back on in the future. So I know I know we'll do that. So we'll stay locked in and we'll stay connected. So to y'all, thank y'all for being here. Thank y'all for listening. And I'll see y'all next time. Peace.